All right. So here we are. We are back. Welcome to the Kickball Change, our listeners. This is the Kickball Change podcast. We are a grassroots program offering insight and inspiration for the next generation. I'm really thrilled to be here today with our co-host, Barbara Perrin. <laughs> uh, she is our resident co-host here with our Kickball Change podcast series. And she brings a lot of insight, being able to see the growth and development of owning a studio for over 40 years. If you haven't had a chance to listen to her, um, she is actually one of our first guests of our Kickball Change podcast. Um, and she had some some pretty pretty major ones. Next one I'm going to, um, she's going to be, Megan's going to be. <laughs> no, we're just, I'm just yeah. staying in the backseat, just, just providing and delivering. Um, so today really thrilled to be here. We have a lovely co-host who is joining us from the university of Buffalo. So shout out to New York. She is a, uh, studying and has air currently going for your BFA. You're a senior now, correct, Melanie? Yeah. Melanie, welcome. It's so nice to have you joining us. So your resume and just being a, a college senior, you have a lot to offer here. Um, uh, currently a dancer and singer with a dance program in Buffalo, which I can't wait to hear about that. We've had a lot of different trainings um, based in Chicago. You've danced at Steps on Broadway, Broadway Dance Center, the Pre-Professional Summer Studies, which I believe our guest helped support, helped found. So uh, really excited to be introducing her. Um, so Melanie, we're excited to have you join us. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. And without further ado, <laughs> our lovely guest for today's podcast, it is Miss Sue Samuels herself. Sue, welcome. Hi, everybody. Thank you so much for having me. This is exciting. And I love to talk. So uh, I love it. You love to talk, but you also love to dance. And your yeah. resume backs that. Um, you have established yourself as one of the leading performing arts teacher in the industry. Um, you were also named the legendary New York City dance teacher by Backstage Magazine with over 35 years of experience. And, and taking a bite of the Big Apple, where you are and where you're residing, it really is amazing to have that longevity and I, I'm just thrilled to be able to have you here and really to get into the roots of all you do and, yeah. and to go into that roots. It really is the blending of your jazz dance style and your classical ballet training that really opened you up into the teacher, the professional of who you are today. That really honed into your style. Um, I'm really excited to hear about that. Um, and you are co-founder, or not co-founder, you are the founder of the Jazz Roots Dance Company. Is that correct? Yes, I am. Yes. That is wonderful. So if our listeners are not familiar with the Jazz Roots Dance Company, of course, you can check out their website and, and we will provide the links in our podcast so our listeners can go directly to the source. Uh, your repertoire includes arrangements that you choreographed, as well as significant pieces by choreographers, including Luigi, Matt Maddox, Phil Black, of course, Bob Fosse, Jack Cole, Ron Lewis, and among others. And your first season and the gala was performed at Paradance Capizio Center. Is that correct? Yes, that's right. They have a that nice That is wonderful. There. Their oh, studio I... changes into a theater and it's really nice. It's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Because it, it, they, they do classes and they open up the classes into the theater. Is that how it? Yeah. Well, the, the, there are two studios that they take the, they fold up the wall. And so it opens. And so one of the studios is the stage area and the other studio, they pull out the risers. Oh, they have risers. So and then they've got, up. they never take down the lights and everything that those can stay up. So the classes must be amazing to teach there and to have that feeling. It's nice. Very mm -hmm. nice. Yes. It's downtown, right? Is it downtown? Yeah, it's in Union Square area. Okay. Which is normally not, you know, well, Joffrey used to be downtown. Yes, Joffrey is not that far from Perry Dance. From Perry oh, Dance. Cool. So how was well, it my like... My home is Broadway Dance Center. Oh, it, oh and, and I cannot wait into, to dive into that. So, um, I mean, Sue, I mean, yeah, how I... That, like, how did that happen? Yeah. Happens, yeah, tell us about the history that? of BDC, of you. of you, of JoJo's Dance Factory, yeah. Frank Hatchett. Give us the in and the out. Okay, you mean the history, like my history, right? 
Absolutely, yes. Okay, well, when I was very young, it was so long ago that there was not even a TV in the house yet. No TVs. Radio was how you listen to radio broadcasts. It was Now it's back to these podcasts. That's pretty interesting, right? So then when I was three years old, my father brought the first TV, our first TV, into the house. And when they turned it on, there was a ballerina going, I mean, I don't know if, I, if it was when they turned it on, but when I looked at it, I saw a ballerina on her points in a tutu braying across the stage, across the screen. And I looked and I said, that's what I want to do when I was three. And I never changed my heart ever since then. I danced around the house. I, I, I got uh, books from the library that were about dance. I mean, my parents had seven children and, and dance lessons was not in the budget. So I, I looked at a lot of books that had pictures. Oh, first position. And I got my body there. Plie. Oh, I see this, the knees. Oh yeah, at that time, my knees could go straight out just like those pictures. I could make those pictures. Yep. So that's how I started in dance. And then finally, uh, as I was getting a little older, one of the um, elementary girls, her mother was teaching dance in the basement. So, oh, can I go with you? So I went with her a few times and I sat on the floor and I watched the class and I, I went a few times. So the teacher looked at me the, like the third time and she goes, do you want to dance? And I was like, yes. So she said, okay, you today get up and dance and then I'm going to speak to your mother. You know, she had, she had to, you know, find out what's going on here. So I, it, I was so enthusiastic and I, I was so like, hold my body. I already... I was the ballerina already. I mean, I was I was born into that, and that's the way I wanted to be, and I was that. And I'd walk around. Yes, yes. So um, that I I um, she spoke to my mother, and after a few less, I did a like a term with her, and we did like a little performance and all that stuff. But I she could see I was a serious student, unlike you know the other the others are neighborhood dance kids and. It's the neighborhood, but no, not me. I had, I wanted it. So she talked to my mother. She said, this girl needs strict ballet training with the ballet. It was, it was Broward Civic Ballet at the time. And so um, my mother, did, you know, said, okay. And then we went over there and they, they, I don't know, tried me out. I don't know what they were doing because I was just in the class, but they were all talking and they decided, my mother said, there's no way I can pay for anything. So they gave me a scholarship. I was very lucky. Scholarships mean a lot. So even still today, whenever I can, I guest people into my classes and whatever I can scholarship, I do it because it means something. So I started in my strict ballet training with the Broward Civic Ballet. And then I started to grow, 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 grow. I'm so tall. I'm five foot seven and a half. And then my feet are not small. So standing on top of big feet on point added another foot to my height. And my teacher was like, Sue, come here. As I was, you know, <laughs> after five years of ballet, she goes, you need to, do you want to dance for a, oh, she didn't have to ask me that. She said, if you want to dance for a living, you have to move to New York City because that's where dance, you can have dance as a career, she said to me. She goes, you could be a rockette. I don't want to be a rockette. I wanted to do Broadway. I didn't know what that meant and I had no idea. All I knew is that's what my heart was saying. I didn't even know what that meant because I had never seen a Broadway show. But I, I saw Gwen Verdon on television. So Gwen Verdon, oh yeah. I want to be her. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, I um, came to New York and I did some shows before that, you know, um, like uh, shows that 
a show in the Bahamas, a show that traveled to South America, a show in Lake Tahoe, in a hotel, hotel shows. So that's how I transitioned into show businesses. I was working in shows, but it wasn't the shows I wanted, but I was still having a good time and I was loving every minute of it. Then when I finally got to New York, somebody in one of those shows said, look, you really need some jazz training. I know just who to take you to. And they took me to Jojo Smith. Love it. Oh my goodness. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There. That there. was there. I love it. Yes. So they took me there and Can you I, turn your camera down again? I just want to take a picture of that. Beautiful. Hold on. Oh, I can't wait to discuss more about how oh, right. You're good. Because I can't wait to get into that. <laughs> yeah, there's a whole thing that's oh, a whole, whole, oh yeah. So um I mean, do you want me to continue like this? Yes. Should I just keep talking? Okay. Yes, absolutely. So you I, are. I, yes. I came to New York and I started in these jazz classes. Now, back in that day in the 1960s, that's when I arrived to New York in the 60s. That's when jazz was just, it, it actually started to bloom in the 50s, but I wasn't here yet. But it was the blooming of this these particular jazz people. Luigi, Jojo, uh, Matt Maddox, Phil Black, those people. So I had no no clue that jazz really started way, way, way before that and that it was influenced by those dances. I didn't know. I just know what I see. I see these people. So I went to the different studios and I tried How Luigi. Many studios? I tried- so now, of course, uh, I'm going to cut you off real quick. So New York, obviously, is a mecca. It's the melting pot of dance, of movement. You know, L.A. could kind of hold some space, Chicago. But when you were starting in the 60s in New York City, I mean, was there as many dance studios as there are now? There were not the type the dance of like? dance studios okay. there are now. Gotcha. And that day, people would never teach in the same room as the other person. And, you know, real estate was different. You could rent a a room and you could have your dance class there. So Phil Black had his own. Everybody had their own space. Nobody taught in anybody else's space. No, it was unheard of. And dancers at that time, there were no beginner dancers. I don't know how they began. They took ballet (laughs) to begin. They didn't gotcha. take jazz to begin. There was no beginner jazz. They just came in and knew it. They didn't know it, but okay. they were not beginner dancers. With movement. Gotcha. They, they, trained they knew how to hold ballet. their body. You needed ballet training. So you got your ballet training, your tap, your vocal, your, your acting. Then you went to jazz to learn your isolations. And I never moved my chest in my life. I was like, what? That moved? What? I had no idea it, it moved or that that you could twist your shoulders and, you know, right. with passion. Mm-hmm. And I'm going like, oh, my God, the hips emanating from the hips and chest. I couldn't get it at all. I'm going like, oh, my God, I've never seen that. I didn't even know how to make those pictures with my body at that time. But I was going to auditions and I was like rudely awakened because in Florida, I was like the best. Oh, yeah, I made it to the top of my company. I was I was a soloist in that company. Mm-hmm. And then I finally graduated from high school. I did. I tried to go to college. I took one year and a little bit of another and it was getting in my way. So then I did all those other little shows that traveled. Then I came to New York. And when I came, I went to the class and there was it was like a who's who of people in the room there was uh julie newmar i don't know if you know these people because it's from those days julie newmar played catwoman she was very very tall like six feet i don't know there was all the stars uh irene cara who wrote fame but it, it was before all these people did these things I can't even mention all the different names of all the people that were in. That's all it was was a who's who. Wow, these people were already doing Broadway. They, Melanie, we, are you staying in on this? You know these names? Oh yeah, totally. We learned about all this stuff in school. So it's did. 
That is wonderful. That's That's dance education right there. I'm glad. (laughs) That's important. I mean, Leland Palmer. I can't even like, you know, say all their names, but I, I was struck. I was, and then there was live music. I never had live music except uh, yes, they, they played the piano at ballet, but no, this was a drummer, a, a keyboard, they called it a keyboard or a piano, drums, piano, and there was like bass or guitar, whoever the musicians were that lived in the neighborhood. It was an arts neighborhood because it's Hell's Kitchen. You, you live mm-hmm. in the theater district. And... Um, so there they were, they would show up and you could dance to live music. I had no idea what a hinge was. As a matter of fact, at the jazz bar, which is one of the reasons why I, I liked JoJo's style is because it had a bar. But so did the other jazz styles at that time. Guess what? They did. They got away from like it. I feel like jazz bar is no longer... I think I'm the dinosaur. I, well, then I, I, I believe in jazz so. bar. And I still do it. Mm-hmm. I could do the jazz bar. It's fun. Yeah. You know. Melanie, and- do you have a jazz bar at the University of Buffalo? You don't. Jazz classes? Do a, a learned warm up, which is similar to your class, I know. And a lot of the lineage of the adagios we do stay the same since Tom Railbait developed the material back in the 60s. So Wonderful. That's good. <laughs> yeah. So um, we... The the jazz bar, JoJo's jazz, JoJo's jazz was different from the other jazz styles because Matt Maddox and Luigi and, and Phil Black, oh, they were all ballet trained, which stems from the European, through the European training of jazz. Jazz with ballet training as the basis. You'd think I would have been, in, you know, attracted to that, but no. <laughs> JoJo, JoJo's mother and his aunt danced with Catherine Dunham's company. Let me get this. Yes, he had the modern base. I should have had this over there, but Catherine Dunham was, um, Jojo toddled in this company, Catherine Dunham. That's what she looked like, feisty, right? Well, there's, there, you know, so um, the bar, she had a, a bar technique and Jojo, Jojo trained at the bar her style hinges and flat backs and you know the jazz um vocabulary so anyway then as i became closer with jojo and years some years passed and he and i became a an item <laughs> then he was like uh, attracted to the classical jazz classical ballet what i brought to the bar was a finished product after I learned it and after I trained it and after I understood it, then he would, jazz dancers in his class, they would just pick their leg up and plunk, step to second. I'm like, wait a minute, I tongued you to second, you know? <laughs> oh, for those dancers that are listening, ballet, ballet, ballet all day, because that creates the finesse and the finished product. It mm-hmm. does. It lets you know where front is or diagonal. Mm-hmm. Right. It te- it teaches you space, your body in space. It teaches you that. Which I came to JoJo's already knowing all of that stuff because I had my ballet, but I never had this, you know. And JoJo's style arms are very. Uh, I don't know if you can you can't see my arm movement, but they come from the body, and they come out and turn over it's not stiff but it is kind of linear and he was trained that because he was um influenced not only by katherine dunham who didn't have those arms for sure he was influenced by karate if you look at karate the way the arms move out they shoot out from the center they shoot out. This is how you punch people in karate, obviously, but uh, I'm not looking to that. But um, anyway, his he was in. And so that's why, like, Matt Maddox and, and Phil Black and Luigi were going like, what are those? These are the arms that go to jazz. No, that's your style jazz. 
Jojo had contraction and all that stuff, but it always came shooting out from your center. Whether it went up or it went out or it went down, it came out through your center. You know, it's okay. Whatever. I loved it. And I, you know, and I, so anyway, so he and I were never married, but we were like we were married. And I ended up having two kids and um, Elka, who she can dance any dance style so well, but she does not want to dance for anybody. She only wants to dance for herself, but she's in the arts because she's in arts management and she's also in the dance world. She grows. She, she's a fantastic mind and she, she, I don't know, brings things forth. She's able to produce so much in the dance world and helps. She's grant writer. She's a blush. She's that brain. And then my son, well, this is an, an old picture. I don't think I have the, his, oh yeah, yes, I have it. Okay, let me let, show you this. I keep everything close by. <laughs> he He's a tap dancer. Yes, you know we that. know. He's got his own block brand tap of shoe. shoes. Yes. Block. Jason oh, yeah. Samuel Jason Smith. Samuel Smith. So, yeah, you can get 15% off. Not anymore. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> And then, you know, he's done a lot of work and uh, Elka became into arts, came into arts management because that kid needed management because everybody <laughs> wanted him and he couldn't handle his own business. He would say, oh, yes, I'll do that. Yes, I'll do that. Then he'd forget. He said yes. And he wouldn't be showing up. Well, that's not good. No. So my daughter said, I'm going to handle this. So So she represents him and his brand. That's wonderful. Not only. Yes, not only. But not only, but she helps support him. That's lovely. Yes. Yes. So, I mean, we, our family has, I don't know, helped each other. Yeah. We stick together. I wish my brothers did that. My brother is a fisherman. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Not in the arts at all, but. Well, I hope he um, feeds you. mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) She does it. She she's not taught to fish. She just eats the fish. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man! So so the 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 branding and and the development of JoJo Smith. So opening into JoJo's Dance Factory. Let's talk about the evolution of that. And and Melanie, I'd love for you to jump in if you have any questions. Um, let's open you up as well. Let's talk I'm about hogging. that. I'm hogging it, Melanie. You're not hogging. You're our guest. I'm hogging. Oh, my God. Oh, we no, save no, no, space no. for the end for our co-host. And that, and that's the purpose of our podcast for our listeners is, is we bring our co-host in who are getting themselves into the arts field. So this is not only a learning experience for our listeners, but also our co-host, Melanie. And, and at the end, we save space for her so she can ask you directly questions of that can help support her in her growth and development. She probably has right now in her brain. Just so much going on. Well, Barbara, did you ever come into the city to study from different people? Yes. And also, I wanted to tell you that my studio owner growing up, she swore by the Jason Samuel Smith shoes. That's the only shoes we were allowed to wear. And now at school at UB, I tell everyone they have to get those. (laughs) So, I mean, it's known that groups come in from out of town to study with people who teach here in New York. And so. You can call yourself a legend. I mean, that's what Backstage Magazine did. We're calling you a legend. (laughs) So we, we will do that here. Yes, <laughs> You're a legend. So that's, you know, you. people go to New York to study with the legends of dance. And that's, you are in that, that category. category. Yep. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Well, I mean, I mean, before there was JoJo's Dance Factory, there was just the one studio. Each teacher had their own one studio. And JoJo's like, I need a bigger studio. So he, he we together looked out on the west side of Manhattan, which you could get killed over there, I swear. Back in those days, you wouldn't even go west of 8th Avenue, never mind between 11th and 12th Avenue. It's like, is anybody even over here? That's where West Side Story took place. They kill each other over there. (laughs) So um, we found a big, huge space in a factory building. Every other floor had a factory, and then there was this huge open floor, JoJo's Dance Factory. That's oh what God. he called it. The factory, I love it. It was born. And so we were there, you know, 
a few years. So while we traveled and did other shows, we went to France and we did, you know, Johnny Holiday show and Sylvie Vartan. And we went to Brazil and did the Brazil export show. They hired Jojo as choreographer. So he would bring his troupe and, you know, we did a lot of performing traveling and then Jojo wanted to move to Broadway with his studio. So we looked over there and we saw back in the day, there were weird things over there on Broadway, like car sales, like, you know, they, like, okay, Buick sold their cars. So there were large spaces, but because downtown used to be further downtown or Midtown used to be further downtown. Then as real estate was changing and things, people, businesses moved out of spaces, they became available and we got this huge space and Jojo called it Jojo's Dance Factory because that's what he was known for. And it was still in a big building. And now we could have three studios in this floor, huge, huge studio and two, Two pretty decent other size studios plus, you know, office space and whatever. So then something happened more of New York uh, real estate. It kept changing. And all of a sudden, buildings that used to be available started closing or becoming way too expensive for each teacher to rent their own room. It was like, you want how much money? I don't even get that much money from my class sign up. So Jojo had this bigger space. And I don't know, I'm walking in the street and there's Frank Hatchett. This was the first person that that we got, that I got. And he's walking in the street, moping like moping. And I'm going, what's going on, Frank? Your face is like hanging down. He goes, he was teaching in Henry Letang's studio. That's where Don Farnworth was teaching his ballet. Yep, we were just talking. And, you know, did you go there? Yep. I think Betsy Hogg also taught there for a little while, her jazz. But anyway, so. um, Something like that. Farnworth and Howard. Which one? Called Farnworth and Howard. Yes. Far, well, no. We, yeah, Farnworth and Howard, because his partner. But I think you know that that space there was not necessarily. He got his own space, and then it was Farnworth and Howard. But when it was just a studio that switched over, and Henry Letang was teaching his there, and Farn, you know, JoJo didn't switch over. That was his studio. At that, you know, so anyway, I said to Frank, just a minute, wait here on the sidewalk. And I went upstairs and I talked to Jojo. I said, Frank Hatchett's downstairs. He has no place. He's got a large group of people and no place to teach his four o'clock class. So I said, how about it? Should we let him teach? And Jojo's like, he can't teach here. I'm not having another jazz style. This is Jojo's dance factory and it's Jojo's jazz style here. And I said, well, then I started to appeal. I don't know. I think God was talking to me and putting words. You're also in a woman and, and women, women in power. And do this. <laughs> so I did this and I was talking about, well, we need help paying the rent because it's a huge rent. How about if we just try him out and he can pay you rent and if you don't like it, he can get kicked out. And Jojo's like, okay. So then Frank had a place to teach his class that day. I told, went downstairs. I said to Frank, you can teach upstairs. Oh, he was so happy. Oh it, thank you, God. That that, is, that, and that, that serendipity out. that you saw him on the street, on that block. It was. York, I didn't plan this out. Mm -hmm. This is just how what happens in life. Absolutely. Things can turn you in different places, in different, and that's the direction you're going now. Because if you really listen, miracles happen every day. Mm -hmm. Miracles happen. And, you know, you don't have to be stuck in one place. Relax. Uh, things talk to you and things become available. And it might even not even be what you were looking for. Not at all. Mm -hmm. And that's that kickball change all. right there is that. You, you know, kickball, a kickball change step can 
pivot you. It can prep you for a turn. It can get you ready for the next step. And that's, that's where we're going. So that's just amazing that you saw him that day. He was able to communicate to his dancers and, and just for our listeners at that time, there were no cell phones. He didn't post on a Facebook or an Instagram to tell his four o'clock class, Hey, I'm going to be at Jojo's dance factory. He was able to communicate it and get it going, which is just the art of communication in person. Absolutely. And you it know was what? Great. If you didn't see him that day, who the heck knows what would happen? He would have had no place to teach, and his path would have changed. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, it, it's just God. Right? You know, yeah. that, that's why I believe in miracles. Yeah. Absolutely, they happen, and we need to be open to them. Yeah. And yeah. he wasn't the only one that was happening to. Then word mm-hmm. got out. Jojo has Frank teaching there. Then I don't know Ronnie DeMarco, uh, even ballet. Ballet Russe closed, so Madame Swoboda had no place to teach. And I, I studied with Madame Swoboda. I came up during one summer break from my schooling and studied for six weeks at Ballet Russe. So at that time, I just loved ballet, and I didn't even know about jazz, and I didn't even look, and I just did ballet. So anyway, uh, it, the word got out, and then we had Judy Bassing teaching tap. We had belly dance. Serena, her name was. We had. I I can't hear you, Barbara. Oh yeah, yeah. Turn your mic. Hear me now. Yeah, better. Yeah, Yeah, bring it closer. I remember that. I do remember the belly dance. In fact. Yes. Oh my God! I think I took a class and I was horrible at it. Absolutely horrible. But don't judge yourself, because (laughs) I laughed my whole. whole Those isolations are really special. I'm like, (laughs) you never saw me in the room. I never even, but I saw it. I, I observed, I'm going like, that is really something. The way they isolate oh my God. the hips. I'm going like, oh my God, I couldn't really do that. But anyway. Doesn't it look so easy? And it's so not. They make it look easy. <laughs> yeah. Melanie, it's not. I don't know if you ever took Melanie, belly have dancing, you taken belly it. dancing? I have not. I believe that it's very difficult. <laughs> it's Everything fun, is though. difficult. Every technique has its challenges. And every technique, you know, until you immerse yourself in a technique, you cannot know the technique. Right. No, you can't learn it from one class. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No um, technique. No. Yeah, you're right. Every technique does. You have to study it and learn it and grow it in your body and make it natural inside your body. Yeah. And, and I want to kind of uh, find out your take on this, Sue. I know. Uh, uh, with Barb having her studio for 40 years, she she's seen the the up and down as far as dancers pushing themselves and the desire to immerse themselves, like you just said, in the technique. Uh, Melanie, maybe you can speak to this too, but I want to hear Sue's um, viewpoints on this. With social media, have you seen a change? I know Barb has seen the change to uh, and with her teachers to to. And, and talking with dance teacher summits and other other networks of getting the, the dancers to want to push themselves because they see that, you know, the finesse, like you talked about, that finished product. Mm-hmm. And that's what a lot of the social media does. And we're seeing this finished product, but not the perseverance, the mm. pushing themselves and the emergency. You have to start out. Before you get there, you got to start here. And yes. they, don't, they don't have the patience so to do, learn where the turnout you, muscles are, where right, the, right. where oh, tendu front. Oh, they just throw their leg. No, front is here. Right. It's in front Side of is according to <laughs> hip build. I mean, they don't, but, you know, I know. That's what, that's what social media did. It made it people it less tolerant of learning how to begin. Mm. And you have to trust to be able to begin. How is that in college, though, Melanie? How is that with, you know, beginners? Like, I know there's a lot of child, kids, uh, you know, young ladies and boys that actually go to college to dance that have never danced before. Um, you know what I mean? Like they go and they're just like, oh, I'm just going to try this. So they're new to learning. But as Megan said, you know, we turn on the computer, it's within seconds that we get what we want. We Google, we get with seconds. But with your body, it's still the same as in, you know, before Christ. Your body's going to do, you know, you you can't, it's not instantaneous. You have to train your body. So how is that in college? Yeah, even having danced for so many years leading up to college, it was a completely new start. 
So I had to relearn a lot of things from new teachers, which was exciting, but also took a lot of patience as you were saying. And I also think with what you guys were saying about diving into one style, um, there's such a push for versatility these days. And at our school, our motto is versatility matters. So we train in a lot of different styles and a lot of different techniques. Like you were saying, we train in Maddox, Jack Cole, um, Luigi, all these different things. Got any JoJo there? Yes, of course. And um, we'll, we'll take like a semester or like a couple weeks of each semester to train in a different style. And it's just take that discipline to like relearn what you know and put it into a different style. But persevering through that, you get such a versatility just within that. So. And do people, have you seen people drop out of college because they can't do that or they don't have the patience or perseverance to do that? And they're like, nah. Yeah, the adjustment between a dance studio, like a competition studio to more of a technical based program within college. There's a lot of people that will drop within the first couple of years Mm. because Mm. of that you guys were talking Mm. about. Mm. And then I want to say something because something happened during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. It didn't happen during the pandemic. It happened coming out of the pandemic with our return to the studio. And it seemed that, it seems that right now my classes, which I've always been a stickler with correct training, knees over the toes, because if you don't know where your knees and toes are pointing, you can get knees, I, these people, these kids show up, they're bandaged, their knees are bandaged. This is, I'm injured, you're injured. That's incorrect working. Right. So I, I really try to train. And I think I see that this group of people that have come back want to learn that stuff. They're oh. more, at least more That's open funny. to receive, more open to receive, whether they can actually do it or not. I can actually talk and they're actually listening to me differently than they were before. That's great. That's a really interesting point. And that's wonderful. And that's got to feel great that you're back in the studio. I know you're still offering some virtual, but it's got to be amazing to have that, that desire, Mm -hmm. that passion. And and maybe maybe because (laughs) the pandemic closed us off from so many that, that desire to just be ourselves and to be, we're, we're social by nature. So to be able to feel that connection and dance is the universal language. So kinetic energy, kinetic energy get from being in the same room. There is no kinetic energy on zoom. No, no, no. You can dance together all day on this flat screen and you cannot get kinetic energy. And what, um, Melanie in school, like for instance, like I used to go and take Sue's class. I loved Sue's class because we didn't have drums. Like my favorite, I mean, you, you were my favorite, but like my favorite thing about the class was of course the bar that I still teach my kids. Well, now that I'm retired, I don't, but like, I love the bar and I love, love, love the, the drum. I just, I just thought that that was the best thing ever. And I couldn't wait. I lived in New Jersey. I took the hour bus ride to get there. Whatever time your class was 12, 1230 or whatever it was. I remember you. Yeah. Because I was your favorite student. No, I love it. (laughs) Yes, that's right. I mean, but you did give me a, a lot of nice, you used to say a lot of nice things about me. Oh, Barbara, that was good. Or, oh, that was great. Look at, you could do this or do that. And I always like, so I do say my techniques is, is from you as well, because my, I didn't take other than like Charles Kelly did the bar as well, you know, yeah. but like the bar was nobody. They're like, I'm not going. And to I think Phil bar. Black kept his bar. I don't know. Cause I never took Phil Black ever. Yeah, I know you lived. See? Yeah, they, like I, I was like, but I mean, do they do um, in college, Melanie? Do they have drums? Do they have like a that kind of? Um, I don't like. It was just such a inspiring. I couldn't wait to get in class as opposed it's to just, connected all your senses. Yeah, live music to just it the does everything. Mm-hmm. You can even feel vibration. Yes, yeah, feel these live instruments. Mm-hmm. I was like very impressed when I. St- with the with the live musicians in a jazz class. Yeah. Do you guys get any live musicians, Melanie? Yeah. We're lucky enough to have accompanists in 
jazz, modern, and ballet classes. Wow. Nice. That's awesome. That's great. I mean, it, it, that was my favorite part. And it's it's very expensive to have. I mean, Sue plays her own drums. But I There's no way I could play my own drums. <laughs> I can teach you. Okay. Uh, yes. <laughs> if there, if there's a basic technique, I can teach you. Oh, that's so funny. Oh, my God. But that's and how did that start? Like, what did you just. Well, Jojo played n- trap drums and he had congas more than one. And no, but I mean, how play... did you learn how to play the drums? Well, then I wanted to do that. Ah. And so he would have drum classes. So whoever wanted to learn, he taught us the warm up, how to warm your you know, hands up and wrists and, mm-hmm. you know, warm up. And then he taught basic technique, which I can show you the sounds, basic sounds on a drum skin. Mm-hmm. How, you know, conga. So because there you conga, go, Melanie. There's your versatility. I have a funny story deal, to deal to tell you about this because then Jojo also started me with my teaching because wow. he did not want to teach beginners, but then beginner classes began and people who were beginner would start to show up and they didn't know beginner stuff, but I didn't mind teaching beginners. So then I wanted to play the drum in my class. And when you're starting out to play the drum, you can play and then you can talk, blah, blah, blah. But can you ever play and talk? Oh my God, I did not realize you cannot play and talk. <laughs> Every time I started to play, I couldn't talk. <laughs> I was so amazed by that. I was like, oh my God. So then I needed to go back to school. And when it wasn't class time, I needed to play and I practice know. talking. Oh Those God. must be two, like two different brains or something. Yeah. Oh my God, that's Left so funny, right but you hemisphere. did it perfectly. So oh, I was like amazed by that. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Oh my God. Yes, those are my favorite things. Um, <laughs> All right, let's, what do you want to, what else do you want to say, like, Meg? Well, so you've been blessed with being able to see the transitions and the changes and this, and JoJo's Dance Factory, which brought in Frank Hatchett, that evolved into Broadway Dance Center, which then moved now, um, it's located, yeah, it's moved a couple of times, but Mm -hmm. now they have a a beautiful location and you're still um, a resident instructor there, which is wonderful. You've been a part of the the children's program and really still supporting the introduction of dance, classic jazz dance to beginners. Um, What advice would you give someone wanting to pursue a career or or two part question? Did you ever see yourself where you are now? Did you think that I want to be a teacher when I grow up? I want to be a teacher. I I want to teach be a teacher. I wanted to perform. Oh, okay. So what, what happened, transitioned you into that? I grew older <laughs> and I would be showing up at the audition and there were like all these younger people at the audition <laughs> and then they were like not hiring me, but I knew I was dancing the same as them. But you know, you get older, you don't look young. So let's face it, you know? <laughs> so that was a kickball change moment right there. Like age awareness. And, and I had two kids and Jojo left. Ooh, okay. So there's so being, being a single mom there with two is. kids, that's a, that's a I huge need kickball to earn change. money. I'm going yeah. like, okay. So then yeah, I started yeah. to Come do on. anything in show business that I could. Mm-hmm. What was the most and, unique part of the Well, anything? I did some pretty unique things. <laughs> <laughs> well, I dressed as a clown and handed out flyers. And I said to myself, this must be show business. I'm in a clown <laughs> costume. Commit to character. I love it. I, I needed to be like earn You needed money. to provide. Then they had um, they had something. They It was a singing telegram service back in the day. I don't think they have that anymore. Singing telegram. So, okay. I did dancing telegrams because I'm not that great a singer. But I did some pretty interesting singing, dancing telegrams, and I was always into it. I was always into it. But Sue, was there a moment in time where you said, I can't pursue this dance anymore? I need to do something else because I do have two kids. Okay. Because I need to dance. Otherwise, I'm a crazy person. Okay, there you go. Did you have support? I, 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 I needed to find a way 
I saw in the evolution of dance that classic jazz was disappearing from my vision. Yes. I didn't see other people teaching well, they weren't. jazz anymore. It yes. went to contemporary. Mm -hmm. And I'm going, it all looks like a string of noodles. Where right. is classic jazz right. vocabulary? Mm -hmm. So I, I, I was teaching, like I went to Finland. Here's what, I, when I went to Finland to teach high, high level dancers doing this style, I said, that's what this style looks like on high-level dancers. Mm. I need to have a dance company. So uh. I went back to New York. That wasn't the only place I was teaching. I was teaching all over the place, but I had my aha kickball change moment mm. in Finland. Then I came back and I just said, I mean, who am I to have my own dance company? I'm just you and you and you. I'm just you. And I, right. I'm not anybody who I think should have a, oh, you should have a dance. I never even thought those words. All I knew is this work needed to live. This work needs a home. This work needs to be shown. The beauty of classic jazz needs to continue. People that. need to still see it. Absolutely. So I, I, I had an audition. People showed up. And people showed actually, up. I love it. <laughs> I don't know. surprised people that people showed up? And three of the people who showed up were brought by their teachers who actually studied with Jojo and they came in groups from here or Kansas or wherever they came from to study with Jojo. And of course, those three were doing already Jojo's style because they went back mm -hmm. and taught Jojo's movements. And so they were familiar. And of course, I yes, 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 yes. And I started out with, I don't know, 15 dancers, 15 people. That's amazing. I know. And yeah. I put JoJo's work on these people. And you're still continuing work. to do that now, right? There's, um, I know you're campaigning and, and there's a lot of great projects that you have right now in the works. Well, with now Jojo's we've got legacy. This. JoJo passed. Yes. And yes. Elka and Jason, who are JoJo's kids, said, oh my gosh, his work is not documented anywhere. I said, well, who's the best to document? I've already got some, his what I know of his original pieces mm -hmm. on my dance company. But I, I didn't think Jojo was the only all. So that's mm -hmm. why I had a Phil Black fusion. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I didn't I didn't have a fusion. I had pieces in these different jazz stylings, which are not easy to do. Yeah. Not easy to change a style. Right. The way you work, Jojo style. Oh no, Luigi's style works this so way all the pieces are true to each that's choreographer and that okay wonderful jazz roots Just for clarification yes, company. that's the great roots of jazz and then then these people from uprooted they wanted to make a, a jazz dance documentary so they they're asking me to come in and speak about jojo and there were people speaking about matt maddox and joe luigi and every but meanwhile during our talks and I said, well, JoJo's isn't ballet. His comes from Catherine Dunham. Mm -hmm. Modern. Mm -hmm. Catherine Dunham mm -hmm. is African. Right. Happy it's right. modern, but. But it has it's, it's African modern. roots. Yes. Right. Her roots. Go deeper than just modern. Yes. Her roots. Then mm -hmm. her, those roots and those roots. Oh, my God. I It opened my mind to watch that that. Um, that film documentary, mm -hmm. Uprooted, it's called Uprooted. I recommend people watching that. Where can uh, our listeners watch Uprooted? I think you can stream it. Stream it. Okay. We'll make sure that we put that in our. our I think it's uh, on HBO. At, I, I'm not sure where they're streaming it, but it's called Uprooted, a mm -hmm. journey, a journey in jazz dance, a journey of jazz dance. We'll make sure that we have that for our listeners and we'll, we'll provide a link to them. Absolutely. So Melanie, when you take jazz and you said like you'll do weeks of, you know, one person and then another couple of weeks of another person, do you find the struggle between each one or do you, do you find the um, similarities? Like, uh, there are similarities. Does, yeah. And how does that work on your body, Melanie? Yeah, they're definitely. Do they make you change the stylization? According to each jazz 
master? Yeah, yeah there's definitely the simul similarities. As you were saying, um, our professor, Tom Railbait, who actually um, was one of the people interviewed in Uprooted, he, he worked with a lot of the people firsthand. So he was really dedicated as you are to upholding those roots and those classic foundations, which we're really lucky to have at school. Um, but yeah, it's, it's definitely challenging to switch between the styles, but we spend enough time disciplining with them within each style to really get a grasp of it. It's that was a challenge for my company is when those people I had different people come in and put the pieces. Okay, a Luigi piece. Oh, no, she took her time and Luigi has his arm things that he does. And she, my company had to learn that. Yeah, right, right, right. There it is. Yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There she goes. I love there it. She goes. She's dancing on. For on you yep. She's doing some movement there. It, it can't. Can't just stop moving. Can't we stop just moving. can't. Dancers never stop. So, Don't stop moving. Can't stop. No. So go ahead, Meg. Once you stop, That's it's it. so hard to get started back again. And, mm -hmm. and who wants to physically, stop? No one wants to physically, stop. Physically, mentally. But if you don't stop, it just just the body ages and the body changes and oh i can't kick my head anymore but who cares? who cares i can still you know one thing i the body does i don't know diminish in its transitions it tra okay it, but <laughs> i i mean i can't double t i can double turn but i i don't really like do those these technical things I used to drop down, get up. I could yeah. bend back. My body cannot bend anymore. Mm -hmm. It just doesn't do those things. But I thank God so much every day. And I was wondering if this was, as I'm aging, I'm finding out. Your body does, I want to say diminish, but the spirit does not diminish. Right. True. I'm like so happy to dance even though I'm not doing all of that, I knew what it's like to do it. So I right. can teach it. Oh, these muscles are used and that. And this is how you get down to the floor and blah, 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 and all that. Right. But the spirit is happy, happy, happy all the time and does not feel less happy. No, true. Mm -hmm. Absolutely so keep true. dancing. Yeah, yes. so keep dancing. Melanie, I want to open it up to you as our co-host joining us today. Do you have any questions that you would love to ask our guest here? Yes, I have so many questions to ask. I don't know how much time we have, but <laughs> I will get through as many as I can. Yeah. Yeah, let's see if we can get a few. Absolutely. Yeah. Before we wrap up this podcast and, and we can always have Sue back on for a round two of our kickball change. So go ahead, Melanie, the floor is yours. A round de jam. Oh so, yeah. Oh, I like and that. And a pivot. Exactly. Pivot, right. <laughs> um, so you are part of such a lineage and line of American jazz dance. And I was wondering if you ever feel any stress or pressure along with upholding those roots, as you were saying. No, my heart is classic jazz and there's no stress at all with, I'm not confused. That's what I do. Um, there it is. Boom. <laughs> um, what do you hope to see in the next generation of choreographers, educators, and dancers? I think it's grow. It's already transisting. That's what I say is a transition is the way dance keeps transition transitioning. I think I do see much more demand on the physical body than classic jazz actually was. I mean, yes, we kicked high, but and went down to the floor. And yes, it was a strong style, but I feel that the newer um, stylings of dance or the evolution of dance has the body moving out of classic lines. And being out of a classic line is a little dangerous in my mind. I hope that they don't hurt those muscles that don't really go that way. 
and that now they're dancing in that position it's like that's the I, I mean I just I just you know I love the way it's going you can't stop progression and all you can do is as you as you get older you can only accept it you can't change it and then somehow or other I don't know if you're ever going to get stuck like me in a place a place that this is where I this is where I feel comfortable and there there you are I mean I don't feel comfortable in contemporary so I'm never going to do it well and also too Sue what you were talking to your question Melanie is like your progression, like the more I see dancers, they always want to just do one side. I want to do my right kick. I want to do my right That's pyramid. I want to do my for you. And I was like, no, no, no. We do both. Do they do that in college, Melanie? Do they just concentrate on one side? No, definitely not. In fact, one of my teachers this semester has like totally switched because we always do everything on the right. He's only doing things on the left. <laughs> oh, good. So there you, you go. There's your sides. ambidextrous dancer. There's two brains. Mm-hmm. This one for this side and this one for that side. And everybody has one side. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Wait, where's my left side? <laughs> right, Wait. right. That was me. Where's my left side? Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, being injured, I just see sometimes all these kids. I'm thinking to myself, what are they going to be like when they're 40? If they just keep doing things on their right side, they're going to be walking. They're going to need chiropractic. Like it's just too crazy for me. I was they like, no, 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 you got to do both. It's a short life. Yeah. They, they don't have a long life like that. Like that. I know. Sad. All right, Melanie, I didn't want to cut in. Go ahead. We have time for one more question. One more question. Okay. Oh, tough. I know. I'm sorry, but it's like okay. we could talk forever, but Sue will come back. Yeah, we will come back. We'll get her back with you. Sue choose between the two. So, one of them is what's something you feel people misunderstand about the performance world, whether that's people within the world or people outside of it? And then the other one is what still inspires you today? The performance world isn't anything you can imagine. So if you're the type that can go with the flow, you can make it really well in the performance world because what you arrive to, you probably never even had training in that and they want you to do that. What's that? Oh my God. Okay, well, you don't even say what's that. You just give it the old college try and you go for it. And then what did you say? What was the last question? Um, something that still inspires you today to keep going. I think the love of dance and the feeling great when I dance and seeing people and dancing with people and that they feel good too. That's the best thing in my life besides my kids. <laughs> Having my kids and then dance. That's it. So I love dance and I, I am inspired to dance and I'm so happy that I that I'm still hired to do things because I I wouldn't even know what to do with myself if I couldn't dance. Right. That's so that's so um simple and basic. And that's what, you know, everybody's like goes into delves into like deepness and whatever. Like, no, just make it simple. And you just did. You just made it beautiful by being simple. I hope I see you again, Barbara. I we will soon. You guys, Megan and Barbara, and you too. Yes, Melanie, we're gonna we're gonna see each other at the studio. So, so Sue, where can our viewers? They can uh, take your class now in person. So you're at Perry Dance. Are you back at Perry Dance? I know you're Broadway Dance Center as your main. I don't. I didn't get my full schedule back. So things are everything is still hybrid. Whatever. But um, Broadway Dance is my home home absolutely my home base because right. it was jojo's dance factory and it just evolved in my heart is mm-hmm. is there mm-hmm. then i teach one class a week over at perry dance and okay. i teach one class a week at the 92nd street y mm-hmm. on lexington avenue mm-hmm. you know they have me there and you know mm-hmm. and my schedule is at on my website wonderful uh, so for our listeners yeah. we'll We'll plug your website in as well in the credits. So that way they can go directly there and they can find you. Um, you. It was 
Absolutely wonderful. Sue, thank you so much for taking nice your to time to guys. join us. I Here's know it's, it's so much fun. I, and, and I know we talked about in person and, uh, but you know, right now we're, we're doing this through zoom and I, it's just amazing that we can still for our, you know, still create content. So Melanie, I'm so glad you're dancing. I can't wait to see the evolution of your dance career as Mm -hmm. you are a senior. So we wish you all the best in your future endeavors. Sue, we can't wait to be back in the studio and get your class. Melanie, I have questions for you. Are you, are you, do you want to perform? Is that what you want to do? Okay. Then I'll definitely see you in New York because you need to come here. I tell you the same things my teacher told me. Come to New York then. Delve in, girl. Yeah. And go, go visit Sue and say, Sue, remember yes. me? I was the one that was on the podcast. <laughs> oh, I'll recognize you. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. Well, ladies, it was such a pleasure for you both, for all of us yes. here to join in on the kickball change podcast. What and a for, way to start a weekend. Absolutely. Megan. So right. for our listeners, enjoy and uh, we'll see everybody soon. Thanks Bye, again. Everybody. Thank you.